Welcome to Flick 66 and our special review of 2010's The Decade in Review. I'm Dr. Thomas Parm, Executive Director of Screenwriting here at Azusa Pacific University. With me as always is... Ryan Isaac. And we have special guest with us, Dr. Zach Cheney. Woo! Dr. C. Welcome, Zach. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. Everything. It's good to be had. <laughs> so we're going to talk about our favorite 10 films and television series uh, from 2010 to 2019. Um, I'm going to let Zach go first, mm. since he's our guest. So let's talk about films, mm. and in whatever order you want to discuss them. Oh, right. I didn't think about the order. Um, <clears throat> okay. I guess it makes sense to start at the bottom, right, and go up. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so obviously at the bottom is where it's hardest for me. In fact, after number one, it was it was really hard. Um, so I've rearranged this in like four or five different versions over the last 24 hours. Um, I, think, I think at number, I'll call it number 10, even though it's sort of number 11. I'll explain that in a moment. Okay. Uh, I'm going Faces Places or Visage Village. Uh, in the original uh, French, this is an Agnes Varda movie. I like uh, that one. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. No, some of the street art that they do in that is really, like, creative. Right. And JR, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, it's on Netflix. Okay. Go check it out. Um, it was her, it was the last film that Varda directed that was released before she died. Sadly, mm. she's got one more that, that was released this last year that I haven't gotten to see yet. Hmm. But yeah, she, she just passed last year. Yeah, just just over a year ago, I think. Okay. Yeah, she died. Um, she was ninety-one or something. Ooh. Um, yeah, so that was a lovely, a lovely little joint. Um, next, uh, Inherent Vice, uh, which so that's a Paul Thomas Anderson one that <laughs> um, I've noticed in a lot of the top ten lists from the last decade. Uh, Phantom Thread is the token mm. PT Anderson uh, movie in a lot of these lists, and I really like Phantom Thread. But I think Inherent Vice doesn't get enough love. And, you know, the idea of a kind of... To me, Inherent Vice is sort of like if the, if the Big Lebowski... Yes! Big Lebowski is sort of like what you watch in college. Mm -hmm. um, Inherent Vice is what you watch in grad school. Who, who's in Inherent Vice? So Joaquin mm -hmm. Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Sure There's quite a... Josh it, Brolin is um, pretty hilarious. Catherine, yeah. what's the... the Catherine... Is it Catherine Watterson? Uh, I'm not great with it. Yeah, it, it, oh, it was one of those actresses that's kind of blown up since then. So, uh, from the um, mm -hmm. from the Wizarding uh, the Wizarding World the Fantastic Beasts movies? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sam Waterston's daughter, by the way, they have like total same eyebrow structure. It's oh. like, whoa. I'll have to look for that next time. Okay. Yeah. Um funny movie, long, weird, complex, but it's got So it's PTA. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But it's like but you know, with a laugh track, a lot more, change. a lot more comedy. Like a lot, all of his movies have some humor in them. Obviously, mm -hmm. this one is like this is an actual comedy, shameless stoner comedy. Okay, um, which, which but like not an art house stoner comedy. That's you yeah. know what I mean. Like yeah. it's got That's, some intelligence. Are we it. talking kind of like the one with um, oh George Washington director? Oh no, no, way more intellectual than Pineapple Express. Than Pineapple Express. Yeah, Pineapple Express is just a blast. This movie is. <laughs> I yeah. I'm not into stoner comedies, but I really enjoy Pineapple Express. So this it, is more like a Right. Speaking of which, mm -hmm. he did the song for that. Yeah, yeah this one has more of a noirish tint to yes, it. Yes. Oh, so it's Pineapple Express meets The Big Lebowski. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in the seventies. It's yeah, it's kind oh, of a nice study okay. of L.A. Um, Great cinematography. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. <clears throat> yeah, really nice. Um, 
Uh, next up, uh, moving up the list, The Assassin, Fu Xiaoxian, uh, Taiwanese film. I'm, I'm getting looks from you, Tom. I'm going to pass on this one, I'll be honest. I find no, this one fine. to be a bit of a bore, but yeah. I, I respect it. No, that's fine. Um, it's not for everybody. I think it's beautiful. It's it's one of the rare films to me that, like, even if I ever could shut my eyes to the to the beauty of its images, I would be more than enough entranced just to listen to mm. the soundtrack. Very huh. lovely. Um I'll keep going. You you might have heard of this uh, little little uh, art house film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <laughs> uh, which, which I'm actually gonna gonna put that on on my list. It's in your top ten for the decade. Yeah, I think so. Wow, which surprised me as well. I'm not a Tarantino guy. Really. Neither am I. Yeah, I, it's you know, probably my favorite Tarantino film though. I think I agree. Second to the Sam Jackson bits of Pulp Fiction. Sam Jackson. Bits. When Sam Jackson is on the screen in Pulp Fiction, I'm mesmerized. When he's not, I am bored no end. Did you put on your top ten list the Sam Jackson bits? Nah, well, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, that's that's <laughs> oh, a yeah, couple that's, of decades that's, before. That's a bit too early. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, we all know about that movie, so I'll, I'll move on. Certified Copy. Um, certified Copy? Certified Copy. Abbas Kiarostami, uh, Iranian director who shot this film over in France. Uh, or actually shot it in Italy, in uh, Tuscany. Uh, with Juliette Binoche, who uh, was mostly controlled by um, the French and the Italians. So, yeah, I don't even, I don't even go off on that. Like, <laughs> that's, that movie's a trip, and I love it. It's beautiful. Um, let's see. Next up, Silence, which you know, the Scorsese. Mm, um, almost made my list. Yeah, that was a toughie because I only saw it one time theatrically. But I don't need to see that. I don't know if thing. I can do that much to myself again. I showed it to class and watched it a second time, and it was brutal, but it holds up. It's even better the oh. second time if you can endure it. It's, I mean, it's wow. tough. It's tough, but That's yeah. The thing. I do have a film like that on my list in terms mm -hmm. of I can't watch the whole thing again. But Yeah, but it, it's like so good that I can't watch it again. So like, hence why it's on here. I'm, it's, it's on my syllabus for... 96 for this term for ethics, so we'll, oh, wow. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. You're going for it. Yeah, going for it. <clears throat> Next up, Francophonia. Uh, 2015, I think. Alexander Sokharov, the Russian. Uh, but it was all shot um, in France, bankrolled actually by the Louvre Museum. Huh. And it's a weird Fancy. little... It's kind of this weird hybrid, not quite documentary kind of fiction film um, history of the Louvre during World War II, when the Nazis had kind of moved in and taken over. Wow. So I strongly recommend Francophonia. And I know I'll take heat from you on this one because you're a screenwriter and I'm not, but I really like Gravity. Uh, I, I, I know it's not a good script. I don't dislike Gravity. But isn't it a bad script according to It's an okay script. See, the thing I love about the script for Gravity, they knew how much story they had. Not they didn't try to stretch it out. We have like 90 minutes worth of story. And we're going to stick with it. <laughs> but I think they tell a, ton, a lot of the story uh, uh, visually. Yeah. You know, that, that's yeah. helpful. The dialogue might not be the deepest. I mean, n neither was it in 1917, and I thought that movie was still quite good. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. sometimes you sacrifice some visual or some uh, narrative for, or dialogue for visual storytelling. Right. Yeah, I thought the visuals and there, there are enough innovations in that film that I thought it worked for me. Uh, next, um, either number three or number two, depending on, on how you're counting, The Grand Budapest Hotel. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like less, but this is solid work. So number two, which might be disqualified, I'm going to throw it on there because it was on a lot of top ten lists for that year and for the decade, Twin Peaks The Return. 
I realize it's under TV film. List. I on my TV list. You know, here's Zachary. Are we allowed to use profanity on this? No. That is no, we are not. That is cinema, as far as I'm concerned, and I know it put on Showtime. Are Next we getting? Up. Are we getting all Scorsese yeah, like? This ain't a movie. This is a film. I think half well, my TV list is cinema. Then, so, so to be fair, half my TV list is cinema. If we're take, considering Twin Peaks cinema, then half of my list falls under that same category. Oh, interesting. Which we may not be. I'm just saying, <laughs> if I had to rank it among all these films, that's, this is how high it would be. Mm. And finally, um, this is predictable, The Tree of Life. Um, I almost made that's, that's my That's my number one. I loved Malik, and I loved what that film was all about. It was really, kind of when it landed in my life, it was just perfect. Did you see an unexamined, is that the name of it? An unexamined? Oh, Something like that. No, I haven't gotten to it yet. I, I watched one from this year. Yeah, um, I was underwhelmed. I've been underwhelmed his last couple ones. I feel like since Tree of Life, he's yeah. decreased a bit. Although well, this I, one was on on a lot of people. An unexamined or what was? I forget the name. It's an un something life. Yeah. Here's here's my issue. It's three hours long. Ooh. Didn't need to be. And the lead character literally does nothing. Well, he doesn't go to fights and he gets in the fight. He doesn't go to war and gets in the fight and then mm -hmm. goes to jail. But, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. you didn't need three hours, dude. Is it beautifully shot? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is it slow as molasses? <laughs> of course it is. But I was just, <coughs> why people put that on some of their lists? I'm like, really? Did you watch it? Yeah. Okay, Ryan, your turn. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm not going to stand strong with this as the absolute order. Uh, but I'll, I'll, it's the general order. I, I, I'm not going to say like, this is absolutely my 10 or, uh, but I would say probably pretty solidly on number 10 would be burning a South Korean film. Um, I prefer it to parasite, honestly, because it's one of those brain teasers. It's one of those ones that have you just thinking about it for a long time afterwards, though. I loved parasite. I felt some of the themes were a bit heavy handed. Um, pretty obvious for everyone to get, which made it easily accessible, and I understand why it was so popular. Um, I just found, for, for what I like, and you'll find many of my films, and even when we get to my TV list with Twin Peaks, I enjoy the movies and TV <laughs> that make my brain hurt a little bit. Uh, I would put, I guess, next on the list, Blade Runner 2049 is my, um, my sci-fi stand-in for the list, I suppose. Um, I, I, my list is going to end up with, with 11 because I'm stuck. That's fine. Um, I, did, I did a couple honorable, honorable mentions, so I kind of Okay. <laughs> I mean, I got, I, I, these are, these, these films are, are in no way similar, but, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I do want to put on the list and I would, I would put it above the two that I just said. I also want to put Blue Valentine on the list. As difficult as that film is, I think it's just incredibly well made. So both of those for different reasons. One, for just the incredible acting and the storytelling and the directing. That's that's Blue Valentine. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that script and just the the way that movie makes me think. And, and my love of movies and my love of Tarantino and his discussion of his own movies and other movies within that movie. I could just think about and watch that movie and always find new things. So I appreciate that. Um, the next on my list, I think, would probably be Watchmen, the movie, not the TV show. Which uh, version of Watchmen, Ryan? The theatrical cut, the director's cut, 
are the ultimate edition. Personally, I would put any of them because I even appreciated the theatrical cut. I was one of those that was sold on the theatrical cut. Oh, I do, I do appreciate their improvements on the uh, extended cuts, but even the theatrical, I think I would, I would, it would find a place on my list, maybe lower down. Because I, I, I don't really care for the theatrical version. I hear that, and I've had experiences like that. Kingdom of Heaven, I didn't enjoy in theater, but when I saw the director's cut, I thought it was just brilliant. How many versions has he done of that? I don't know. I just know the director's <laughs> cut um, they released. Um, next on my list, because I have to have a Coen Brothers film, is Inside Lewin Davis. I love the way that <laughs> film looks. I love every minute of the acting and the music. Um, you, you know, from the poppy uh, uh, Justin Timberlake song to his opening folky songs. Uh, yeah, I love that movie. Um, just a personal choice, too. Another one of those, I think, kind of like you, just the time I saw it in my life, just yes. relating to the misery of his struggle as an artist. Um, as bleak as that sounds. Uh, next on my list, uh, showing this Saturday at the World Cinema uh, Film Festival is The Raid 2. It's an Indonesian action film, two and a half hours long. Some of the most impressive uh, choreography and cinematography. They spent eight days shooting the final fight scene, and it's 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 breathtaking. It's it, brutal, um, but just breathtaking. Um, yeah, I mean, we're talking like the next Bruce Lee, Jet Li, Jackie Chan, and Iko Iwais. He's just an incredible talent. We're seeing him show up in, in Hollywood films right now. He was in Mile 22. We can forgive him that. Not great <laughs> film. But they're integrating him in. They're using him. So that's nice. Uh, next on my list, this is a double one as well. At least these ones fit together. Uh, I couldn't choose between The Revenant and 1917. Mm -hmm. I would put both oh, of those side by side. Okay. And the it's not the story, but it's the plot. It's the way the story is told. The, the technical way that they present the story in both of those films. I just think, I, I don't blink when I'm watching either one of them, just wondering how they achieve some of these shots. Um, so I, that, for me, um, puts it up there. And it's not a coincidence that both of them won but Best Cinematography the year that they won. That's why I think they're as significant as they are. And Zach, as someone who wrote his doctoral thesis on the long take, you must have been in, like, Nirvana, Nerdvana for 1917, which was presented as if it was right. shot in one take. And they had some yeah. long takes in The Revenant as well, which brings me to my next one, which yeah. is another one of those. I could have just had a category separate for it, which is the bird is Birdman, uh, which I have that third, not only because I like cinematography, but that's another one of those where the more I think about it, the more I analyze what is actually going on, what's real and what's not. Did it win Best Picture? Birdman? I can't remember. I did believe it did. I think it did. And second on my list, actually second and first, and these are tied for second and first. I mean, I'm, I'm staying, not adding more, but I can't put one above the other because they're very different. Uh, Nicholas Winding Reference Drive. Mm -hmm. I think that movie is just an incredible action film. Mm. Um, makes makes another one of those films that does not have a very strong script but makes the most out of its storytelling with what little it has that's the one with ryan gosling and the yeah. scorpion jacket yeah yeah exactly yeah it's got a little bit of like western homage to it um and then tied with that at my top of my list is la la land uh, and that's just a personal one for me i just love that movie i know you give me a look 
I, I don't care because that one's a personal why, choice. You'll see why I'm giving you the look. Yeah, no, that you'll one's see. a personal choice for me. And uh, no, I saw that movie twice before it came out, and I was just like, and I kicked myself for not going to see it with you a second time because yeah. that was the premiere, the world yeah. premiere with all the stars there. But I, but you, you'll find out while I was smirking at Ryan just now. Okay. Well, yeah, that's my list. I know, and there there could have been more. I had I, with originally, I, well, and then I had Blade Runner twenty forty nine and Blue Valentine, so I have four on my list. To be honest, here's the thing about Ryan Gosling. He's a character actor trapped in a leading man's body. Boo hoo. He makes great choices. I think he that's makes what fantastic makes choices actor. and he pushes himself. Yeah. And I think that when the role is right and, you know, when, when the stars are lined, he'll get that Oscar because he's just. Oh, yeah. He's that kid. And, and you know what his big break was? Besides the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> <laughs> Young Hercules. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hercules, Hercules, yes. He was on the TV show? He was on the Young I Hercules. I just remember TV him in that murder by From the TV. Action Pack, Universal <laughs> Studios. Uh, my list, uh, <laughs> I approached it a little bit differently from y'all. I did it by year. Okay. So I just went through from 2010 to 2019 and chose one movie, except for a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, for 2010, I chose Inception. Wow. I. <laughs> I. This is probably the last Christopher Nolan movie that I truly love, because I have not liked his last few. I have high hopes for his new one, because I really Please, please, please. They I've showed, uh, regardless of what people thought of Birds of Prey, if you saw it in IMAX, you got the Tenet preview mm. in IMAX. Shot in IMAX, and they tell you, shot in IMAX. But I love Inception. The brilliance of Inception is... You think of it as a heist movie, mm-hmm. and it's sci-fi. You can't jack into somebody's mind. But that's Nolan. I mean, yeah. the Nolan brothers operate on a different plane. I mean, <laughs> I think of, I tell my students, I'm clever and resourceful. I know people who are freaking brilliant. I've, <laughs> I've interviewed Jonathan Nolan before for a friend's website. The Nolan brothers are brilliant. I mean, to take the things they do... What what Jonathan and his wife Lisa Joy did with Westworld to take this cheesy '70s mm-hmm. movie right. and turn it into a meditation on gender roles and violence and entertainment going too far, just fascinating. And can hardly wait to see what they do with season three. What Christopher did with Inception, just for me, it's the second part of his philosophy trilogy. I'm hoping Tenet is the third part. Because if you look at Memento, which was his breakout yeah. Yeah. breakout hit, it's about epistemology. How do we know what we know? Mm-hmm. Inception is about ontology. What is reality? Yeah. And I'm hoping I'm hoping against hope that Tenet is about axiology values. So we'll see. I mean, though it's not nearly one of his best films, I appreciated his Insomnia remake because he was dipping into a little bit of that. You know what's interesting? I did not like Insomnia watching it at home. And I went to a film festival where he did a talk back in between Insomnia and Dark Knight. Played much better on the big screen than yeah. on the small screen. Uh, for two, From 2011, I chose The Descendants. And it did win Best Adapted Screenplay for its writers, uh, Jim Rash and Nate, Nat Faxon. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing I love about this movie is George Clooney cast against type. George Clooney is playing this kind of doofus dad who's trying to figure out everything. His wife has died. His wife was having an affair. And the dude she was having an affair with is Matthew Lillard, who played Scooby, oh, yes. who played Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo Shaggy. movies. Yeah. And when you meet him, it's like, she chose this dude over Clooney? Really? <laughs> but it's just, Clooney playing against type is 
a wonder to behold. And it's a, a great, smart script, great supporting cast. Shailene Woodley, this was the first thing I'd seen her in before she got the Divergent trilogy or however many ever of those they made. But in another year, she might have gotten the Best Supporting Actress nomination, but they were just it was a really good year for actresses. Uh, for 2012, Life of Pi, I love this movie. Wow. It's just, uh, I got to see a screening at the Writers Guild with the writer. Ang Lee introduced the writer, <laughs> which was kind of cool. But visually, one of the first movies to fully take advantage of the 3D format and not feel like a cheap trick. And just, I think um, a lot of people of faith don't misunderstand the movie. I think it's a very spiritual movie, and I don't think it's saying that all spirit. I don't think it's saying that all religions are the same, mm. but I'm just saying, for me, the movie is about faith is important mm. in and of itself. Mm. Uh, fun fact: most people don't realize that originally Tobey Maguire was the narrator slash interviewer, and when they tested the movie, audiences were like, "Why is Spider-Man in the movie?" <laughs> <laughs> so they replaced him with Rafe Spall. And it works much better. Uh, for 2013, and this is the movie I alluded to that I can't really sit through again, 12 Years a Slave. Mm, probably oh, yeah. one of the more important films to win Best Picture in the last decade. Steve McQueen is just a genius. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. And um, it won Best Picture. Did McQueen win Best Director? I believe he did. I think he did. Yeah. It's fascinating that it took a British, an, an Englishman of African descent yeah. to make kind of the quintessential American movie about slavery. And uh, based on real-life memoirs of the main character, um, Chibatel Ajayafor plays him. The epic the epic whipping scene, which won Lupita Nyong'o her Oscar, mm-hmm. that, did, that scene alone did not win it. But, man, it is completely uncomfortable to watch, which is why I did not buy this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I can subject my class to it. But it was interesting that John Ridley, who won the Oscar for the screenplay adaptation, said he had to avert his eyes the second time he saw the movie. And Lupita Nyong'o told uh, Terry Gross of Fresh Air that she kept the scars on overnight so they wouldn't have to reapply them. And she couldn't get to sleep that night and was uncomfortable. And she thought, stupid, what do you think this real woman went through? Yeah. That wasn't makeup. That was her torn flesh. But wow, harrowing, harrowing movie. Uh, another fact-based movie, American Sniper for 2014. I'm a big Bradley Cooper fan. And this was, um, he he ended up being nominated three years in a row for great performances in Silver Linings Playbook, uh, American Hustle, and, and American Sniper. He should have won for American Sniper, except for it became a political football yeah. and therefore toxic in Hollywood. But it's a great performance of Chris Kyle. Uh, the uh, the SEAL who ended up being shot by one of his guys he was trying to help, or by another serviceman he was trying to help. But Whitford transformed himself completely for the part physically. Uh, it's, it's a stellar performance in a pretty solid film and got overlooked because of the politics, which is a shame. Um, number 15, not based on a true story, Mad Max Fury Road, <laughs> a.k.a. Mad Max 4. Talk about a, I mean, you could argue this movie is one long chase, but man, what a chase. Yeah, and... based on a true story. <laughs> based on the exodus from, from Egypt. So, uh, that's what that is. But for a movie from, 
it's almost as if why can't I think of the director's name? George oh, Miller. Thank you. It's almost as like George Miller, who was in his like late sixties, early seventies, is saying, yeah. "Hey, you guys with your CGI, yeah. watch how it's done." <laughs> I mean, mostly practical effects. Just amazing. Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy, literally, I mean, the bulk of the movie is the two of them in the car, driving, and bad guys after them. Mm-hmm. But it's a thrill ride. And despite the simplicity of the plot, it does have one. Mm-hmm. And I just, I could watch this movie again. They re-released it, like, in black and white. Yeah, theaters, yeah. Which black is crazy. Black and chrome. Black and chrome. <laughs> For 2016, La La Land. I loved this movie. Okay, so what was the face for? The face, because we (laughs) actually had something in common. (laughs) The Hollywood connection, you two (laughs) chose Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we chose La La Land. I love this movie. I would defend the ending of this movie to my dying breath. Absolutely. And I've told students about, I've had occasion to tell students why. But I just, you know, people complain, oh, well, they're not that great. That's not the point that they're not, that they're great singers. The point is, that we're using the musical format to tell the story of people and about dreams and about, for me, I'll just go ahead and say it if you haven't seen it. For me, I don't find the ending a downer because one of the most important lessons our students can learn in life is some people will be in your life for just a season. Mm. And you you won't necessarily have a falling out. You'll just drift away. Your paths go differently, but you will still make each other better people. And you still hold those memories. And you still hold those memories. They're still precious to you. Oh, yeah. But I love this movie. And Emma Stone is... I I, I heart Emma Stone. (laughs) And Rygaz ain't so bad either. And um, Damien Chazelle. I mean, the two of them followed up with First Man, which is another movie I love. I really adore. Uh, Number 2017, Wonder Woman. Just... There are so many things. For one, this movie had been in turnaround so many times. Mm -hmm. And, oh, nobody wants to go see a female superhero movie. Oh, we can't have a woman direct a big action. No, you're all wrong. Hmm. You can do Wonder Woman right. You can have a woman direct an action film that makes a lot of money. And uh, this is the year of the superhero woman. Because we've got, we just had Birds of Prey, which unfortunately did not do as well, but we've got Black Widow coming up, we have Wonder Woman. So it's going to be, uh, and Wonder Woman 84 is going to be, it's going to make a lot of money, if nothing else. And Gal Gadot is awesome. Just, uh, and Chris Pine, to completely hit out of the park a stereotypical supporting role where it's about her, not him. But man, he nails it. He nails it. He he fixes. Steve Trevor has always been a problem in, in Wonder Woman comic books because he was created as a male Lois Lane and is just anywhere from boring to awful to a complete wuss. And he makes him a man. Yeah. And yet he realizes it's her movie. But you feel that that relationship is real. Uh, 2018, If Beale Street Could Talk. Boy, this movie was under appreciated i you know barry jenkins really made a name for himself with moonlight i like moonlight i don't love moonlight i love if beale street could talk just i I prefer that one too i'm just between the cast and regina king who will be talked about when we get to tv regina king won her oscar for this movie for supporting and is amazing 
And the lead guy, and I'm blanking on his name, he's great. He's terrific. Yeah. But it's just what a great adaptation of the uh, of the novel. And then finally for 2019, I Heart Jojo Rabbit. Some people don't get it. I get it. Uh, there was a, an argument on a secret faith in film Facebook group I'm part of. But the fact that Taika Waititi went to the source material his mom had turned him on to and transformed it to make, you know, he added Hitler as imaginary friend. He added this the sat satiric tone, but it works. And it'll have you laughing one minute and crying the next. And ScarJo, in an alternate universe, she would have won Best Supporting Actress instead of uh, Laura Dern. Honorable mention Avengers Endgame, they landed the plane in style. <laughs> I'm just going to have no comment on that one. <clears throat> and Avengers Endgame? Yeah, sorry. Well, with no Rise of Skywalker. I also have to kind of like, uh, with the Wonder Woman, just because of the CGI heavy third act. I have higher yeah. hopes on the new one, just because it just it loses me with that, that last yeah. act. But, but I do appreciate the significance of that film. In the same sense that, like, Get Out, you know, yeah. whether I or not I uh, really love Get Out, I appreciate what it meant to the and, film industry. And uh, Black Panther was close too, but I think Wonder oh, Woman yeah. was a little bit more, just because Wonder Woman, you know, women are over 50% of the population of this planet. Yeah, this is true. So, and we have none in this room. And we have none in this room, sorry. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we only have one in the department full time, so. Um, let's shift to television, our top 10 our 10 favorite television series of the past decade. And Ryan, we'll start with you. Start with me. Um, I'm going to go backwards because I think this is my number one should be pretty obvious, or at least to me it's obvious. I don't think there's been anything better than Twin Peaks The Return. Oh, wow. I don't think there will be for another 10 years, honestly. Wow. I think that show is just incredible. I, I sat there. Seriously. Oh yeah, I yeah. sat there just mouth open, and I I liked the first uh, the original series. I did. I enjoyed it. Even season two. After the death is revealed, less so. Once the that's once the, the mysteries, that, that's, that's, that's when it that's, loses. That's when I stop because. Yeah. But the return, beginning to end. I mean, it is. It just. It again. I like having do, my brain hurt. And does he just, does he oh, deconstruct wow. the original? I mean, what is it that has both of you so gaga over this? Yeah, I'm not being facetious, really. Seriously. No, it has one of those endings where you sit there and go, "Wait, what just happened?" And then you can go back and like, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it's mind bending. Yeah. It's there's just so much going on. It's packed in, and it's not just like, oh wow, this is really intellectual. There's some hilarious stuff, and the cameos in it are fantastic. How many hours is it? how many episodes is it? Is it? I, I want to say it's ten, but I'm I'm not I'm not the wrong person to ask. And they're, they're long too. Some of them are, are fairly long. They're not like forty minute episodes. So I feel like they gave him. Well, it's for it's for Showtime, so they yeah. they usually are like an hour or give or take. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you want to give, we don't get. <laughs> so yeah, that one solidly number one, and and clearly because of of my preference for these type of confusing narratives. Uh, my next one's going to make sense as well. Legion. Um, I think it's the best comic <laughs> adaptation on television. I, and I, I love the way that one just plays with the audience. Um, Did you watch all three seasons? 
I'm, you know, I have, I never got a chance to see the third season, and that's how much I love the first two seasons. Even without finishing the final season, I still have it number two on my list. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, I'm ashamed to say that I did not. I don't have television, so I'm waiting for it to be available for me to watch or oh. or to bite the bullet and spend the money, uh, which I probably should. The um, I showed superhero cinema last semester the pilot. Mm-hmm. And I told them, okay, if you're confused now, I can tell you I've seen half the first season and I gave up because I can't. It's like, it, tell me a story or I'm dumping you. If you watch the full <laughs> first season, it, it eventually makes sense. By the time you get to the, the last couple episodes, it almost is like, oh, this is now that we know the way you're telling this story. It's a fairly straightforward story, but you have to get past those first yeah, it, he the way he presents it is is purposefully confusing. And he is Noah Hawley, who who uh, created for television this series. Which brings me to the next on my list. Although I do want to say the opening sequence in Legion, the first episode, the, first episode, the way that it's edited, I think it's just brilliant. brilliant. But that brings me on my next my next one because I think Fargo, even though I didn't like the third season, I would put that solidly at number three because of the first two seasons alone. Uh, and then below that, Breaking Bad, uh, that one I think is just solid. It's just through uh, beginning to end, it's pretty solid to watch. Another one that I think might be a little controversial just because of where the series has gone in recent years, but I still think that the beginning, the first four seasons were strong enough to land it on my list is The Walking Dead. Um, those that, that prison season that they had, before it just became like, all right, we're going to do the same thing. And over the zombie and over hit again. of the week is. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, 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 they, they've worn themselves out. I still watch it because I'm a completionist. And Are I you can't still watching? Away. Oh, yeah, I do. And it still, it still has things to keep me engaged while not nearly at the same level that it was at. So I'm sorry. When number one on the call sheet is no longer in your show, your show should be off the air. I hear you. But he's gonna come back, so in a series of movies. I didn't know that. I'm I'm <laughs> not that invested to where I like find out that much. But it's still on my list. Uh, next up, Boardwalk Empire. I think that is just a wonderfully acted, See, and beautifully shot. I like the first shot. two seasons of that, but once they once they introduce the Bobby Cannavale character, I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah, I can hear that. I I, I can appreciate that. Um, I think for me, if if you sell me on your early seasons enough, I can be forgiving of later seasons. See, and that's I'm, another I, one. I, of those I'm for not me. that way. If you if you jump the shark, yeah, or, or fail to land the plane well, I've um, noticed that with you. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I I will stay true to those early seasons and be like, it's still you know. I will give a shout out to my friend Tim Van Patten, with whom I worked on Touched by an Angel, who mm. won an Emmy for directing Boardwalk Empire. Oh, nice, so, Timmy. Oh, nice. Uh, Next on my list, I'm actually getting into the humor. I don't know why I put all my humor at the bottom. <laughs> uh, but Rick and Morty, I would put solidly next on my list. I think that, that 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 show, as well as being hilarious, has moments of brilliance, sci-fi brilliance. Um, it's, 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 it's got some some of those that make me think, yeah. And that's Dan Harmon, the community guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And I just... Uh, it, it, not this current season, there's only been one or two episodes that have really blown me away, but I think there's been a few episodes that I've rewatched that are just so impressive. Um, despite being an animated comedy show, uh, it's still, it, it's like emotionally got me even at times, wow. which is impressive to me. Next on my list, and this is probably the most controversial, uh, it's a double because I don't think you can set these two shows apart. 
Uh, and one I've noticed is on no decade list. And I think it's not for the content, it's for the back, it's for behind the scenes. Um, and that's Louis, um, Louis C.K. show. And I put that alongside Better Things because I think Better Things is a better show. It's like <laughs> produced by Louis C.K. with, um, oh, what's her name? I'm drawing a blank right now. The lead actress. Um, uh, but uh, it's it's clearly like a female version of Louis, Louis C.K. show. And we would not have that without if it weren't for Louis. And I do think that there are some episodes of Louis that even now, even with what happened and the controversy, I, I, I have to separate the art from the artist. And I think that it's it's still just very iconic or very... Um, it was, it was, I just thought it was for television. Pamela Adlon? Yeah, Pamela Adlon. She's, she was on Louie, and then she had her own show now, Better so, Things, which is still so going. So it's a quasi-spinoff? It is. It is a quasi-spinoff, but it's a single mom with, with daughters, um, and, and she's a comedian, and it's just, just some of those episodes are just really hit on some issues that I think television doesn't often, um, and veering away from his stuff just to deal with female issues. And I really appreciated uh, what they did with that show. And I don't think, again, another controversial one, I don't think we would have Master of None without um, Louis either. I think that one pushed that one forward. Another one of those shows that has, I've seen it on some best of lists, but it's kind of... Do you think people were avoiding it just because of, oh, the star yeah. got in trouble for Me Too stuff, so yeah. we're not yeah. going to deal with that. I do. I mean, how much we've seen as he since that happened? He kind of just... Like Louis C.K., he kind of just fell off the face mm. of the entertainment world. But I, I, I even you know, just looking at the at the episodes alone, I think it's worthwhile what they brought to uh, television. Next on my list, and uh, this is another one that is surprisingly smart for what it is, and it's it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That, <laughs> that show, I think, it's made me laugh, but it's made me think at times too. The way, especially in earlier seasons, they would tackle an issue, and then approach it in the most politically incorrect way possible. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like the new Seinfeld for, for my generation, I feel like. Um, <laughs> that thing is going for, what is it, season 13 or 14? Yeah, now? it's still going. Crazy. And they still do some incredible things. One of the characters came out and danced a, like a season or two ago, and, and it was just this amazing episode. Hmm. Um, I, I don't even really know how to describe it, because it shouldn't have been as affecting as it was. But it was. They, they do some innovative things every once in a while with that show. And the last on my list, and this is just down to like personal preference, and it's a, it's, it's a tie again. Um, new, the New Girl. I just love the comedy. I love the timing of the actors. I think some of the cast is just, I mean, Zoe Deschanel, of course, but all the supporting She's cast so as well. They just had the, the comic timing, and they had that chemistry with each other that worked really well. Well, the fact that a lot of them are working now. Yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, I would t tie to that in a different way, but another one just emotionally I feel connected to is Parenthood. For me, that was b before This Is Us, it was Parenthood. That movie, our show, each episode would get my tears. They would get them. They'd earn them. Par Parenthood was a good one. I use the pilot often when I teach uh, screenwriting one. And can I throw an honorable mention just because yes. I hate to leave these off? Sherlock, BBC Sherlock. Uh, Peaky Blinders, and I would say Daredevil slash, um, um, what's the... Um, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones? No, the Punisher. Punisher. Yeah, because I'm an action fan, and both, oh, wow. both of those, I thought, for action, 
had me. So. Okay, uh, I'll do my list. And again, by year, uh, although some of these shows went multiple seasons, uh, for 2010, Breaking Bad. And I did not like the pilot of Breaking Bad, but I had to, I didn't have to, but I accepted a, uh, a job co-writing a chapter about the character of science and television, and Breaking Bad was one of the case studies. Mm -hmm. So one of my friends said, once they start cooking, the show starts cooking. Mm -hmm. I restarted <laughs> season one on a Monday and finished season four, and had already been watching season five, but finished season four that Saturday. Because literally, once they start getting into the arc, and yeah. you see, I call it McMath. I think it was the bathtub yeah. scene that really sold me on that first season. Oh. Brutal as it was. I said hydrofluoric <laughs> acid. Yeah. <laughs> it's just and the earlier it's interesting watching some of the earlier seasons where there's a little more humor before the body mm. starts before the body count starts racking up, especially people we care about. Good question. Who is by a year? Is it how does that work with... Is it, it just it shows that we're on that, year, on that year, and it might be a significant season for them. Okay. Uh, Parks and Rec, for example, was for 2011, mm -hmm. and they were a mid-season replacement, and if they had not been a mid-season replacement, we wouldn't have seen the major course correction for season two, mm. <laughs> which made it a much better show, and it ran... Yeah. Uh, but I love Parks and Rec. It was originally developed as Untitled Office Spinner, yeah. and cooler heads prevailed and realized, let's not make these related at all. But Amy Poehler's character, Leslie Nutt, was so relentlessly positive. In many respects, it was so gr it was fascinating to see a sitcom built around an optimistic lead. And other people around her could be cynical, but the major tone was her trying to make them less cynical. Especially, uh, oh, the actor. Ron? Uh, well, Ron. Ron. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also April. Yeah, it's true. And Chris Pratt was only supposed to be a, was only a guest star in the first five episodes, season one, but they made him a lead starting season two, and that was before he became Star Lord. And... It's like, oh, the Everwood Kid. <laughs> yeah, the Everwood <laughs> Kid. Um, Mad Men, and Mad Men. Uh, I specifically season five was my one of my favorite seasons because for a brief shining season he was allowed to be a hero instead of mm -hmm. an anti-hero yeah. until the end of the season but no you cannot deny the effect that that series had and as an exploration of not just gender roles but also America mm -hmm. and how we saw within this one advertising agency the changes in the country in the decade of the 60s yes. and John Hamm finally for season 7 dash 2 won the coveted Emmy for lead actor. Uh, another uh, FX show, The Americans. Wow. It's a good show. Wow. And they landed the plane. Did you see the... Did you? I haven't. No, I stopped halfway through. I got to go back and oh, catch up with that. Perfect, perfect, perfect. From start to finish, there was some... Stand and again, I didn't really like the pilot because something sneaky they did, or something tricky they did, Carrie Russell is... The more, she's the traditionally masculine yeah. parent, and uh, is it Re Matthew Reese yeah. is the more, for lack of a better word, feminine characteristic parent. He's the more nurturing type. She's not. So the mm -hmm. gender roles are kind of reversed, mm -hmm. and she's not nice. Or, but episode two, woo, and that's the episode I use often to uh, in my screenwriting, television writing drama classes. But 
this show had this former naval officer rooting for the Soviet <laughs> spies because <laughs> they made the Americans just either so mean or incompetent. Mm. And they have a really interesting arc toward the end of the series where the, the daughter starts going to church as she finds out what the family business is. Oh, wow. And that makes the pastor a threat. And the way that you haven't gotten that far, dude. It's crazy what they do with that. Um, 2014, Fargo. Yeah. And seasons one and two are perfection. Uh, season three, yeah. yeah it's weird. But we won't go there. Um, 2015, this is an outlier, but Unreal. Okay. This is a show that I found out about from a friend. And I literally watched the entire first season in one day. It was like six or so. It's behind the scenes of a reality dating show, much like The Bachelor, from a producer of The Bachelor. (laughs) And all these people are awful. (laughs) Awful, awful. And it really emphasizes how reality TV is anything but real. Mm. And... uh, Season, you know, I, I saw the first three seasons, and season four, they literally dumped all at one time on a different platform. But the first season was the crowning jewel, not seasons two and three. Yeah. Um, although they had a black suitor before they, we ever had a black bachelorette. Still oh, really? For, <laughs> still waiting for a black bachelor, by the way. Uh, 2016, This Is Us. And this is one of the few network shows on here. Uh, one of two network shows on here. It proved that if you have a great quality drama on network TV, the audience will find it. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that season four is not the season that jumps the shark. Some of the choices they're making now are like, oh, what are you doing? Why do I hate your char- these characters? Mm-hmm. But uh, that first season especially, mm-hmm. amazing. And the Super Bowl episode the following season made people think, rethink their relationship with their quad pods. <clears throat> <laughs> um, 2017, The Crown. Wow, and they just announced The Crown will end with season five and Imelda Staunton playing Elizabeth for the later portion, latter portions of her life. But especially the first two seasons with, uh, I can't think of her name, Claire Foy. Mm-hmm. Wow. And Matthew and Matt Smith as Philip. And he looks, he's a dead ringer for him in some, some of the shots. It's like, oh my gosh, that's, you look at pictures. But there's a standout episode season two where they finally talk about Uncle David being a Nazi sympathizer. And the way the writers arrange it, it's also the episode where Billy Graham is doing his first crusade. Hmm. And it's fascinating. It's uh, The episode's title is Vergergenheit, which sounds like you've got something stuck in your throat or the German word for uh, the truth. But standout episode, I highly recommend. 2018, Barry... Wow. That's a lot of people's list. I haven't watched it. Oh my God. You you need to watch the show. Hitman wanders into an acting class. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And decides he doesn't want to be Hitman anymore. Yeah, I've heard the acting's great. Oh, it's brilliant. And I just finished season two, but man, based on what the choices they made for season two, they have one more season in them. Just in terms of story, because. But Henry Winkler finally won an Emmy for playing the acting coach, mm-hmm. and he's brilliant, brilliant in it. And I'm a big Bill Hader fan anyway. Mm. But man, he co-created the show. He stars in it. He writes a lot of the episodes. But it's a terrific show. He directed some of it too. He directs some he's of it too. Yeah, multi, multi-talented guy. I I expect big things from him. Mm. And 2019, 
fresh off its win from the Writers Guild for Best New Series, Watchmen mm. on HBO. Mm. Brilliant. It works as a sequel to both the graphic novel and the movie, although they, they make a specific choice so it's more appropriate for the graphic novel. But man, Regina King is your lead, and they lean into what America is dealing with now. And some of the choices they, you know, President Redford, as in Robert, and we have reparations for, for, uh, to, for slavery, and they're referred to as Redfordations. I gotta be honest, the only reason that one didn't make it on my list is I'm not through it yet, and uh, I would have felt how, guilty. How far into it? I'm like two episodes in because I just <gasps> I just wanted to sit down and have time. Episode you know six I mean? is I, one of the finest hours of television I've ever seen. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I, I it was so there was it was just so dense when I started oh, it's I was dense. like, I wanna take a break and but when I come back to it I have more time. I'll make a deal. I'll watch Twin Peaks The Return that's and you finish watching. That's a watching. deal I do not mind. <laughs> We're shaking. Yeah, all right. <laughs> An honorable mention, Homeland, and the reason I watched two, I watched two plus seasons of Homeland, this would have been an amazing limited series. Yeah. And the pitch for the first episode, the, the, the setup for the series slash was brilliant. Mm. We have a war hero who may be a who may be a collaborator or a sympathizer who may have been turned and we have a CIA agent who may be crazy mm-hmm. and the correct answer is yes yeah <laughs> and some of the choices they make that first season are like holy crap but you could tell that a certain event was supposed to happen in the finale mm-hmm. and either the series should have ended or it should have reset with new situations and because of the popularity of one of the leads, mm-hmm. they decided to avoid the character meeting his ultimate fate until uh, that weekend of the show. Because you're just like, no, he should be dead. Yeah. Literally. That's when I stopped watching, too. It was like the Twin Peaks solving of the mystery. It was like, well, I don't really feel like I need to continue yeah. this. <laughs> Your story is over. Yeah. You just don't know it yet. I mean, it could have continued it, but just what, what they did eventually when they killed Spoiler alert! Brody Brody has been turned. (laughs) Carrie is crazy, but in the in the first season finale, he should have committed suicide. He would have been a suicide bomber, and you could tell they reshot it to keep him alive. Mm -hmm. And they kept him alive for two more seasons. It's like, no, they should have just kept the show going with him dead and move on to other cases. But Mm -hmm. greed, corporate greed. Um. As we um, tag in Zach, oh. you're more of a film guy than a TV guy. Do you watch a lot of TV? Not a lot. Nope. I'm interested. You're listening. <laughs> not, not a lot it, at all. It's interesting, though, because what we call yeah. TV now, this has been the decade where the patterns have changed. I mean, the networks yeah. the yeah. networks have become dinosaurs, and Netflix has become a, a force to reckon with, and Hulu and Disney mm-hmm. Plus now have reared their yeah, for sure. beautiful $7.99 a month heads. Yeah, which makes me feel like the dinosaur at this point, honestly. I Yeah, so it's not really to qualify this list. It's more just to explain it that I don't know. I can't quite figure out why. I'll say this. You might like this. Um, uh, a prof in a grad seminar um, back in Oregon said that that movies are essentially one-night stands. <laughs> TV is love. That's faithful commitment. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> And I thought that was hilarious and kind of great, and I get it. And despite being happily married for almost 15 years now, um, I don't know. I'm a movie guy. And so TV occupies a funny a funny space in, in my life. Um, 
uh, so that being said, most of these are comedies, and I, I don't That's know cool. why that is. <laughs> it's just I go to TV for comedy. Um, I wish there were a bit more, more great cinematic comedies. Mm -hmm. Inherent Vice, I guess, is one of them. So I'll start at the bottom and straight at the top. Um, uh, I'll say that I bumped the bottom one. I'll come back to that in a second when I remembered something else based on what we were just saying. So um, Silicon Valley, uh, HBO, <laughs> I guess having been born and raised in Silicon Valley just made it all very amusing to me. Um, next up. Oh, well, just. No, go ahead. I ran into somebody who worked in Silicon Valley at the airport a couple months ago. Yeah. We ended up sharing a table for dinner. But he said the show's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I'm back there several times a year to see family, and my sister-in-law now works at Google. And so we were there at Google HQ and doing all this stuff, and I just felt like I was in a Silicon Valley. The real Hooli? The real Hooli, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's totally crazy. Um, and, yeah, next is Bob's Burgers. It's like that show. I think it's, it's funny. Silly, yeah. You know? Yeah, so, you know, if, if my if my movie list is my um, my, my champagne and caviar, <laughs> then this is my beer and chicken wings. Um, next up, another silly one, the... Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp. That was great. It's I hilarious. have to check that out. It's so funny. I thought, my wife and I thought it was funnier than the movie. And then oh, interesting. And then we watched the movie. Oh, I don't know. It's really, really funny. I like some of the scenes in the movie a lot. Like when they yeah, go to town and... Oh, I know. It's a, a that scene is hilarious. Yeah. That's been on my exactly list of things to check out because I love those actors. They're all so great. And they include clearly just loving life being together on that set. Which one are you counting? Because they, they had a prequel series, too, though. Yeah, they did. That was, what, 10 years later or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm not counting that. I'm counting the, okay. the yeah, first day of camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, think yeah. it was funnier. They lost your boy, Bradley Cooper, mm -hmm. for the, the second one. Um, and then, let's see, uh, Archer, more animation. Um, sue me. I just think it's really creative, and they keep on just rebooting the dang thing every mm -hmm. season That's and true. doing wild stuff with it. Um, which I appreciate, plus John Benjamin is a national treasure. Um, the Office, uh, yeah, sue me again. I, it's... I presume the American version. Yes. See, also, I would put that on my list, but I felt like, is it is it okay to put it on our list when the best seasons were... <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? See, I that would... For permission earlier, so. that's, that's the thing about The Office is when he left the show, he being Steve Crowd leaves the show, yeah. the show's over. Right. You did two more seasons without him. Boom. When did it end? Was it? It went in nine. I don't know what year that was. I don't know. If, maybe it doesn't qualify here because I stopped watching when Steve Crow left okay. myself. So maybe that doesn't count. I'll, I'll add Parks and Rec there if that doesn't count. <laughs> um, yeah, so True Detective season one. I'll put that in the Ooh, my non-comedy. Yeah, that was a good um, one. Yeah, and because it's such a weird anthology type show, I think I can just say season one. Yeah. yeah. Everyone says season two is hot garbage. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, ha I didn't hate on season two as much as everybody else. Yeah, so. it wasn't. It wasn't nearly to the level of the first season, but I did yeah. enjoy watching it. I haven't watched the third season. I love the cast, but I haven't gotten around Mahers to it. The Mahershala. Yeah. Season? It's right. good. It's yeah. good. Heard it's better than two. What's his face got a show out of it? Um, the uh, the second lead, the the white cop. Oh, did he? Um, I can't think of his name. That's not Skeet Ulrich. The other. Um, Stephen Dorff, he got, he basically got a Kizama Fox show called Deputy. Oh, okay. <laughs> which sounds, sounds like script. Justified to me right now. It's actually a lot like Tommy, which is, oh. <laughs> he's, it's called Deputy, but he's the chief. Don't oh, ask. Okay. <laughs> huh. Wish I knew this thing. Um, yeah, so when you were talking about the Americans, it suddenly made me remember a show that I love that is high ranking on here. 
Comrade Detective. No, I no. haven't heard of it. What's it yeah. on? What was it on? I, I know something about television. Com- <laughs> Comrade <laughs> Detective. Like the goddess. Um, so Comrade Detective uh, is Amazon Prime show. Came out just a few years ago. Wow. Um, Channing Tatum oh, wow. produced it, but Channing. she's not really in it okay. much. Basically, the premise of the show is that they have found footage that essentially is an old um, uh, Polish TV show pre-Berlin Wall going down from the 80s. <laughs> and it's all, they shot this whole thing as, as if they shot it straight. And then what they did was they took Channing Tatum, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, a whole bunch of A-listers, wow. and they had them dub them. <laughs> and the dubbing is, it's like, what's up, Tiger Lily? Right, yeah. Yeah. It's, they make a joke of it, and it's completely, completely hilarious to me. Like, I have to pause it because I'm laughing so oh, that's hard. Funny. So I strongly recommend if you're a Cold War uh, geek. Oh, that is Nick Offerman also. What's up? That Nick is Off. Nick Offerman also. Yes, it does. That's yes. right. Yes, nice. yes. Love that guy. He's in there. Um, number three spot is Veep. <laughs> I'm a sucker for Veep. Did you see the in, Did you see the finale? Oh yeah, watched all. Devastating. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. I mean, they lost oh. Armando Yanucci for the last couple of seasons. Oh, don't watch Avenue. Do yourself a favor. Do not watch Avenue Five. Uh, we're up to date on it. What? I'm sorry. No, I I am too. But they renewed it. I know. And it's I'm like, have like, you watched it? It's problem. not I, funny. We're trying. We're just we like Hugh Dude, Laurie. Life's too short for bad TV. <laughs> I watched the pilot and then I watched part of episode two and I'm like, yeah, I can't do this to myself. It doesn't get better so That's far. That's the problem. It's it wasn't just, getting better. It's almost like so bad I have to watch. You know, like mystery science theory. Kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a train wreck in slow motion. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, number two spot, 30 Rock. Um, I, I, I'm struck. We're, we're re-watching it right now. It's a show that simply couldn't air today. Um, the world has changed too much. Uh, it's like an artifact. Uh, it's politically incorrect in all these wonderful ways, I think, and I, I just love it. I think they would have benefited by a shorter run because those last couple of seasons were not very entertaining. They were not their best. I agree. Yeah, because I stopped watching when, around season five-ish or so. It's like, ooh, this is not good anymore. Really? Yeah, I think we're still in that five or so. But when it was on, whoo, the arc with um, Edie Falco. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's great in there. That's right. Yeah, and then finally, you already know, um, I'm with Ryan on this, Twin Peaks Twin to return. Peak. Wait a minute, you put it on your TV and film list? I don't yeah. mind that. I don't, really, I don't know what this thing is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's this weird hybrid, it's hybrid thing. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's like a limited series, so you could almost... Like, <laughs> it's not those. television, it's HBO. It's Twin Peaks. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give David Lynch a TV show. Did you ever see the failed pilot for um, Mulholland Drive? Oh no! I heard about it, but I never. Understood. It's interesting. Is it? I don't. You know, they yeah. they added bits to it to make it naughty for cinema. With, oh, yeah, but uh, that was Naomi Naomi Watts' kind of big uh-huh. American debut. Have you watched his short on Netflix where he eats lunch with a monkey or something? The top of my list. Yeah, me too. It's like seven minutes long. It's, uh, yeah, it's, he, I don't know if he's playing a character or if he's playing himself, but yeah, Yeah, David Lynch, he did a short film for Netflix where he he has a conversation in a diner with a monkey that he talks. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) That's weird. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Hopefully you have some ideas on what to check out on (laughs) Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, or your other favorite streaming service. And in 10 years, there will probably be three different people here <laughs> debating their favorite we'll dead. <laughs> their favorite their favorite films and television shows of the 2020s.
Take care.